Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is Alexander Peterson. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I will start by giving you an overview of what has happened in the markets. The big news this morning is China making fresh attempts to boost its ailing economy. The Chinese government has laid out plans to financial institutions to rescue the property sector, while also issuing a sweeping set of measures already on Friday recalibrating the country's zero-COVID strategy that has driven the country's response to the pandemic. Our expert Richard Tang will give us more insights on these topics just shortly. On to the U.S. midterms. It is now all but certain that Democrats will keep control of the U.S. Senate after the candidate for U.S. Senate for the state of Nevada has won the contest. It was reported over the weekend. This comes big as a surprise as it was expected that the Democrats would lose control of the U.S. Senate. More of the U.S., President Joe Biden is seeking to prevent U.S.-China ties from deteriorating further in a meeting with Chinese leader Xi Jinping. Biden and Xi will speak Monday evening in Bali on the sidelines of the G20 summit. It is the first in-person meeting between the leaders of the world's biggest economies since the pandemic emerged. Both countries have tempered expectations with tensions high over Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, U.S. curbs on chip exports to China and the status of Taiwan. Coming to Friday market action, the S&P 500 rose 0.9% in regular trading, led by energy, telecom and consumer discretionary. The Nasdaq 100 was also up by 1.8% and the 10-year U.S. Treasury ended Friday at 3.89% yield. Over the weekend, Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller said we've still got ways to go before the U.S. Central Bank stops raising interest rates, despite good news last week on consumer prices. And so U.S. equity futures are pointing towards a lower open currently, but this comes after strong gains last week. The digital asset world remains under pressure amid FTX's deepening woes. A swift plunge in the value of FTX's key crypto assets and unauthorized withdrawals of funds after it filed for bankruptcy may suggest customers have little chance of recovering much of their deposits, it is being reported. The news affected the whole crypto market and sent Bitcoin on a downward spiral trading just below the $16,000 mark this Monday morning. Briefly turning to commodities, West Texas Intermediate rose trading at around $89 a barrel and gold is trading at around $1,760 an ounce. In currencies, the dollar is little stronger after its weakness last week with the Bloomberg dollar spot index up 0.4% this morning. The euro is just above 103, a little weaker after its strong showing last week. With that said, what can we expect for the week ahead? China will release its industrial production, retail sales, and investment data on Tuesday. On Wednesday, the US will release data on its industrial production and retail sales. The UK will release its CPI inflation data on Wednesday, and on Friday, their retail sales. Japan will release its Q3 GDP data on Tuesday and their CPI inflation data on Friday. That's it from me. I'll now hand over to Mansur Pochinsi, Head of Technical Analysis. Good morning, everyone. Uh, from the technical side, uh, there was a big week, so a lot uh, happening in financial markets. So the most important movement here was in the equity market, so uh, a drastic improvement in equities. When we look at European equities, we see that they rose above their 200-day moving average. Similarly, the pattern in U.S. equities improved as well. 
That's why we have upgraded U.S. and European equities back to bullish, and we expect a year-end rally. Uh, similarly important, the U.S. dollar has most likely peaked on a medium-term basis. Last week, it recorded its worst week since March 2020, and that's why we think that the U.S. dollar has seen here a peak, and from now on, we'll most likely go into a medium-term consolidation. If we look at history to a possible guide for future returns, and we see that the peak in the U.S. dollar has been quite bullish for risky assets. So historically, we can see that 12 months later, equities on average perform or rise by 13%, uh, high-yield bonds by 15%, treasury bonds by 15%. On the other side, we see muted reaction in gold, which rises only 3% and crude oil declines by 9%. So what do we make out of this? Basically, our recommendation is uh, to be invested in equities and credit. In the US dollar, we would expect here a consolidation and would not recommend to chase here the US dollar lower, especially by going along the weakest currencies like the Japanese yen or the euro. That's all from our side. Back to you. Thank you very much, Menzer. Next up, we have Richard Tang, Head of Research Hong Kong, with some insights on China. Over to you, Richard. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Um, so last week in the research publication, we mentioned that we expected a technical rebound of roughly 20 to 30 percent uh, on the market expecting reopening in China. Uh, and we now think that this technical rebound may extend to a year-end rally, uh, which is probably more capturable and also more supported by real money demand. And this is because uh, China had this moment of of, uh, I would call it double pivot. Now, late last week, um, the authority has announced uh, 20 measures to relax its uh, zero COVID measures, uh, including uh, cutting the quarantine period to five plus three, um, changing the requirements so that they are quarantine, they will quarantine uh, fewer people, uh, and also remove the circuit breaker for international flights, among uh, many others. And I would call it the zero COVID pivot. And then the second pivot came over the weekend when the PBOC and CBIRC uh, announced 16 relief measures for the property developers, uh, including uh, extending loans to POE and SOEs equally uh, on an equal basis without discrimination, uh, asking banks to extend uh, some of those real estate loans and also to reduce down payment ratios for the home buyers. Uh, and uh, this property pivot um, is probably the most comprehensive one, um, aiming to have a relief uh, in the very, very challenging property market. Now, I'm not going to go through the details because you can read the uh, details on Bloomberg and any other media, but here are our takeaways uh, for the two pivot onto the Chinese market. Number one, I think uh, both pivots uh, signal a clear shift uh, in the policy stance uh, from uh, of the Chinese government. But between the two, we think the property pivot is probably more crucial and important to the economy because it has a multiply effect. And that also explains why uh, our view became more constructive, at least tactically, uh, after the news flow last weekend. Number two. We think um, that would support a year-end rally, uh, as we uh, just discussed, and that should be largely driven by valuation recovery. 
uh, as the market prices out uh, left towers, uh, be it in the housing market or in the Chinese economy. But we admit that we feel less certain about uh, earnings improvements. Uh, number three, we do admit that uh, these measures are very comprehensive, uh, especially on the property side. Uh, and to be very honest, in the past when we saw so comprehensive measures um, that usually would have triggered a bull market already, just like what we saw in the case of 2016. Uh, in fact, the bull market in 2016 was exactly driven by housing loosening. But what is different this time from last time is that the home buyer confidence right now uh, has already been impaired. So we feel more convicted that these measures probably trigger a sentiment recovery, but we think that the fundamental improvements uh, will be uh, less certain. And then number four, uh, I think it may be interesting to share a little bit of trading color today in the Hong Kong market. Uh, it, I think it's interesting to see that the southbound, uh, i.e. Uh, the mainland Chinese investors uh, channel to invest into Hong Kong stocks, that channel is actually seeing outflow starting from last Friday afternoon. Uh, and we think that in the case, mainland Chinese investors are taking profit uh, on the reopening trade from last week. So ironically, uh, the internet stocks actually uh, were not going up as much as we had hoped. Uh, in any case, what should our investors do, which is my fifth point, uh, we think uh, that investors who are already in deep losses with their Chinese investments probably should focus on how to take advantage of this current pop, uh, hopefully till the year end, uh, to normalize the exposure. And then for those who are really interested in playing this year-end rally, uh, what we would suggest is that we think within the property sector, the property management companies are probably a better bet uh, compared to the property developers. And then cyclical companies um, would be better placed uh, to play this recovery. Besides internet, uh, that also has to do with the commodity cyclicals as well as the consumer stocks. Finally, uh, we think that all of these policy arguments uh, would apply more uh, to equity space rather than credit because uh, at the end of the day, uh, the dollar credit bond uh, looks to have been downgraded in terms of the payment priority. So there is a chance that the property market um, has a rebound in terms of the financing, but um, the dollar bond holders may still not be paid. Uh, so I think uh, that's also seen uh, from the not very exciting uh, price movement in the bond market today. With that, uh, let me close my comments and pass it back to you. Thank you very much, Richard. And with that, we conclude today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thank you very much to our speakers and thank you all for tuning in. We do hope that you'll join us again. Goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. What will the cities of the future look like? What kind of vehicles will fill our streets? Think Tank is a monthly podcast where Julius Baer experts look further ahead into the future. We aim to capture the world's biggest longer-term themes 
and put them into context for investors. Search for Think Tank on your favourite podcast player.